Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and this time I'm actually coming at you from bed, but um, this is Lunchbox Sunday Edition. So, before we get started, I wanted to um, first announce a little change to the Sunday editions. I think I'm going to switch to a, like, buy to, like, an every two weeks kind of schedule. This is only so I can make sure that I give you guys, like, worthwhile... Sunday editions, and also just free up my schedule a little bit, so I go a little less insane, and on that note, I, um, the thing I wanted to talk about today was actually nostalgia catching up with me, if that makes any sense. So, if any of you haven't, um, checked her out on, on YouTube, I know, I know she's got a Twitter handle and a, um, thriving Patreon, um, but if you, any of you haven't checked out Hazel on, Hazel's channel on YouTube, definitely give it a look, but what I find really interesting about Hazel's channel is not necessarily, how should I put this, it's not necessarily the oldest stuff she highlights on on the channel, but really, like, the newest stuff, because this is gonna be, this is gonna sound odd, all the people who got into anime, like, the kind of generation of American otaku before me are people who I grew up listening to, like, um, the Anime World Order guys, um, to some, to some extent, Geek Nights, um, when, uh, Zach, when Zach Birchie from Anime News Network was still alive, I used to listen to the ANCAST. I listen to it less now, but that's the kind of, like, ilk I have grown, I and people who think about anime in the way that I do, who are my age, kind of grew into being a part of, because they came just before us, and they had access to kind of the very, the very beginning of, like, anime fan culture in America. And so the, but the difference for people like me or, or people in my age range, or certainly people in Hazel's age range, is we grew up all kind of alongside the internet. And that makes us have a very different, much less in-person experience than, say, someone like um, Daryl Surratt, who grew up, or um, Daryl Surratt, or any of the Anime World World Order crew, because they grew up in, like, the era of tape trading, of anime clubs. Um, If you look at Raymond Scott, they grew up um, they were in college at kind of the heyday of the RIT Anime Club, which is a pretty famous college anime club. Um, also, I have family members who went to RIT but did not participate in the anime club side of it. Um, that's a college for the record. Um, but the, the 
interesting thing is that because that, because for ma- very many years my fandom was very, with the exception of in school, where like I found other nerds to hang out with. Ultimately, took a while, but I did. Um, it was a very insular thing. It was a very solitary thing, and so it, it kind of stuns me when say Hazel does a video about a kind of cultish but still insane OVA from the early aughts called Icon Club, which if you've ever if you've ever seen Icon Club, oof, oof, I bought that thing mostly because of the female clerk at the video store at the time it was closing was like, please buy this. I want to know what this is, but look at this thing. I can't put it on this on the DVD player in here, I'll get fired. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's ten bucks. Um, which is how I came to own a original an original run of the DVD copy of Icon Club. <laughs> which I pulled yesterday when I was watching Hazel's video on it. Because I wonder if I have a more complete set of um of credits on that copy than she would have on hers that would tell me who the director of the second episode was. But I didn't, I like, I have yet to check. But on that note, I just, it, it struck me in that moment and it struck me in other, in other of her videos, like she, I think the previous video she did was on Tenchi. And she labeled Tenchi as the forgotten shonen giant of the of the nineties, and like in my mind, I'm like, no, I, like I watched Tenchi on Toonami, just like many many other people I know. <laughs> like I, Tenchi, like Tenchi in Tokyo is one of my favorite like feels for an anime, just because of the way they kind of capture this like mid-90s, early-aughts Tokyo that is both, like, financially fucked and, like, culturally interesting. It's the whole... Her channel gives me, like, this, like, intense, like, oh... Like, we're the olds... We're part of the olds now. Like, Tenchi... Ranma, all this stuff we grew up with and were, like, huge, moderate, like, considered to be huge, up-and-coming, soon-to-be classics are now firmly, like, classic, old-school anime in people's eyes. And I'm like, this is, this is strange. This makes me feel strange. And one of the things I find interesting is, like, the... The shows that were just on the cusp of that, like, like less than 10 years after something like Iken, which was, um, in two, actually more than 10 years, like exactly 10 years ago, um, it's 11 years ago, actually, things like, um, 11 years later, rather, in the timeline of things, um, things like Classroom of the Elite, um, I'm gonna, I've, think I'm going to talk about it for my third day show 
um, Spice and Wolf are getting, like, second seasons and reboots all of a sudden. And that's for two... That's, I think, for two reasons, really. Because you go... If you go much later than the 2000s in anime, you start to run up against... Some scenarios where you're going to have to make some big choices. You're going to have to make some very, like, hard decisions about what parts of certain things you want to adapt, you're going to adapt. Like, um, because there's a lot of, like, very inappropriate sex comedies. There's a lot of things that just, like, don't, like, at first blush, don't read well with the way the world has gone and the way the world has progressed. And I... My, when I when I watch... um, So I didn't talk about this because it was less about the content of the thing that I... It was more about the content of the thing I wanted to talk about with um, Classroom of the Elite. But in addition to all the, like, clever social commentary, all the very on-the-nose social commentary, but all the very necessary social commentary that um, Classroom of the Elite brings to the table about, like, wealth and about the, like, corruption of wealth on this, on wealth corruption of society and all that stuff. Classroom of the Elite has something else to it. It's doing for a reason, but it's and it's mainly focused on one character. They're, I forget the character's name because once again, they're all very long, complicated, traditional sounding Japanese names. Because of course, um, it it's got like a leering masculine stare. If and 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 it's like in a. In a, like, nonchalant, fan service way, it will, like, pause on a character, on a female character's chest. There's, like, it's totally unnecessary, like, people having conversations and they focus on someone who's not even part of the conversation's panties in a tennis skirt kind of thing. And it's just... It's this vestige of an era that is... That that show is using for a purpose. It's using for, in most cases, the panty shot. God knows why they put that in there. Um, but if you look at the character that they're doing it to, they're doing it to ultimately tell you, like, this character knows exactly what they're doing. Like, everything about this character is intentional, is, like planned is exactly this way because this character is totally putting on a front of being this kind of person who doesn't notice that she's shoving her chest into you to get but knows that will get her what the reaction she wants or what she wants and the of course also that show also has an entire, I think it's like episode five, an entire episode devoted, devoted 
to an elaborate scheme to peep on the girl's changing room. It's it 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 goes a little wild every once in a while, but the long and short of it is is when you go to make a second season of that, do you revive that character exactly as they were, with all the like masculine leering growthness? <clears throat> because you have to have the conversation there of, like, do you have to, do you want to do that character justice in that way, or do you want to, like, take that aspect of that character and direct it somewhere else? Those are decisions you have to start to make. But, but that's with a character where you get the idea that, like, the grossness has a point, and the it's part of the characterization. But what do you do with something like Iken? If you look at something like Iken that has really no redeeming value, it's it it it. What do you do with that show? Do you re- <clears throat> do you revive like the old weird sex comedies of the nineties? Well, God forbid, the 80s, the 70s, or 80s? What do you do with those shows? What do you do with something like, um... I think it's called, like, Magic Area 88. It's an old thing from the, I think, the, I think the late 80s. Where you open up, um, and just, like... The entire opening sequence of that is spent topless in a bathroom. It's spent on a, on a female character topless in a bathroom. In a way that is very clearly, like, meant to be fan servicey. What do you do with that stuff? And, like, yeah, fan service is part of anime and it's, like, understood as part of anime in a way that isn't true. But, like, what I think that has done from the people create from the people creating this stuff who, if the past, like, couple days of anime creators releasing artwork in support of Ukraine has said anything, it's been, they know what they're doing, they they have a sense of the world, as any good artist does, is, they, is they've kind of, like, moved up the ladder... And instead of doing something from the mid night from like the early nineties, instead of looking at reviving something from the early nineties, they're looking at reviving things like say Spice and Wolf. Where the so like and I'm gonna talk about this in my Spice and Wolf um episode, which is now I've backed myself in the corner, I gotta do it. Good thing I've seen the whole thing um, already. Um, But the, like, the angle of the Newsie and Spice and Wolf is more almost like you're witnessing the next chapter in a fable. You you are actively witnessing um, the main character... um, 
constantly be reminded like oh yeah she's she's a wolf goddess from the north country and i like i just happened to run into her in a town i was visiting this is like it's probably totally normal for her not to wear clothes in front of people like i'm not dealing with like of a random woman i'm dealing with like the kinds of mystical shit that, like, you see in paintings hung that that are banned and burned by the church. Um, and I just think it's interesting that, like, it's my set of nostalgia's turn to, like, get reboots, second seasons like, long-awaited second seasons, um, and stuff like that. It's just, I, and I thought that was Shaman King, too. Like, Shaman King was on when I was a kid. And Shaman King was still as brutal as it is in its current incarnation when I was a kid, and I was like, this is, this is a lot of death and fucked-up shit for, like, a kid show when I was a child. And I still, like, oh, wow, they definitely narked that poor lady like, as soon as the main character, Yo's back got turned. Um, in the end of the first part they put out. But, I, I just had this thought of, it, it was sparked by, um, Hazel's, if you have any, do you have any passing interest in, like, early aughts, late 90s, early 90s, or even, like, early early 80s, um, early to late 80s, um, anime, definitely go check out Hazel's channel on, um, YouTube, she also does a lot of stuff about video games, um, she did a whole video that was pretty great about, like, I think Christmas-themed, nostalgia for Christmas-themed anime RPGs, um, and I just, it, it, Her channel reminds me of of the ads in issues of Animerica from my childhood, if that makes any sense. And if you're like, why is he being so specific about that? The reason I'm being so specific about that is because I think there's still a website or a blog devoted to cataloging, like, old, not the articles, but the advertisements from, I think, only old Animerica issues. Because they have this, Anne America ran, I know in the 90s, and I know in the early 2000s, and it has this, it's the advertisements in it, the advertisements in anime magazines of that time have a very specific look and feel that captured kind of the stylistic choices of the 90s. The drop shadows, the, like, the grunge, the bad, the bad, um, like, the bad color choices, the awkward color choices, the, like, ganky girl anime designs. It it, it all had this feel. And it's just, it's, 
it surprises it surprises me. Part of the reason this surprises me is because it surprises me when I look at things like, um, say, Boruto. Boruto is perfect example for this. Boruto is based off of a property that started when I was in like middle school, and by the time I was in high school, I actually I think I was in elementary school when Naruto started. And by the time I was in high school, it like we had only just gotten, I think, to we'd o- we'd only just gotten close to some to um Naruto Shippuden. And like the first apps, the first seasons of Naruto Shippuden were getting in full swing. And it that that show changed into like a like more mature aimed thing. It like grew up with its audience a little bit. I mean sure it was still a shown in action show for boys, but it shifted from being like a shown in action show for boys in like elementary to middle school to being a shown in action show for boys in from middle school to high school. And that was a that was a big deal. And the nostalgia for that stuff is strong, even in me. I mean, I love I love a good Rock Lee leg weight drop as much as the next nerd, is what I will say. And I, you, you then look at Boruto and you look at this, like, this show that is only kind of in its best moments, like, carrying the water of the thing that came before it because whoever make whoever makes decisions was like we we can't we can't make something new we can't make something new in the landscape that exists because you have shows that are like doing it in a way that had never been done before mostly using integrating horror tropes into shonen tropes which is a little genius, like something like a um, Jujutsu Kaisen or the about to come out, I think in like 2023 actually, um, or maybe tail end of 2022, um, Chainsaw Man, that are making, that are like making the maturity adjustments for like a much, a much less innocent age. But they wanted to produce, but they also want to produce something that feels that has a slightly less dark and edgy tinge than something like Jujutsu Kaisen or once again Chainsaw Man. And so you're left with, like, oh, we want this to be successful, but we don't have the, like, we don't want to give ourselves the ability to use the kind of have the kind of teeth that something like the those two shows have, so they continue on an IP into a new series. They call it Boruto Naruto Next Generations. And it... 
it's telling to me that that show and that manga originally, which was originally supposed to be like a one shot manga. If you've seen the show, you haven't seen the manga, the um arc where Bart would Naruto abandons his son to go rescue um to go rescue uh Mitsuki. I think to go rescue Sakura, actually, um, from Oro- to go get Orochimaru- Sakura from Orochimaru's like new lair, is it with the original ma- with the original manga, like introduction to Baruto, it's Naruto basically seeing like, oh hey, um, Sakura's daughter left because she's convinced she's not her daughter. She's convinced she's Kieran's daughter. And, like, I'm gonna go get her by. <laughs> In the most dick dad move ever. Um, but that was really intentional because it gives you this focus on two of the main characters from Naruto for a couple of chapters introducing a new... introducing a new introducing a new character and introduces you to new character and introduces you to a new world uses all the world building they did from the previous show to build on to build a new thing on top of it and expand it further ultimately but like like I said that is built off of like nostalgia from things that premiered, especially in America, in like my early te- my early teens, late preteen years, and it just it's like I had a similar feeling when Pokemon Go first came out, a bunch of years ago now, in that like I'm like I would never thought that like. My uh, like I thought I would always like occasionally buy it like whenever a new Pokemon game came out, like look at it, side eye it, and maybe buy it, but I never thought it would be have a kind of cultural relevance of like, oh, like kids, you couldn't, you couldn't beat that, you couldn't beat that, Pokemon Go point because you were using, of, a like. An electric type versus a ground type. Of course, it wasn't going to work. What did you think was going to happen? Or like n- me knowing enough about t- chance to be like, I'm pretty sure this thing has high HP, six hundred. Yeah, I'll leave it in this point and like just have that point for like for like a week, and just piss every little kid of my hometown in my town in my hometown at the time off, and it. It's just interesting. It's it's an interest. It's an interesting experience as someone who has been a fan of anime for decades now, to just like see it wholesale, like just be like, oh, we're turning our nostalgia eye towards the things you like now, <laughs> in like a real constant way. Like you and Jeff Thu are gonna have. Twitter celebrations because we're bringing back Spice and Wolf, baby. You remember your, like, weird college course about medieval 
economics that was Spice and Wolf because we do. And I, and I think it will that will continue to be interesting. Um, on that note, if you like this, if you like this podcast, um, new episodes come out every third day and Sunday. Third day are more um about like a single show or my thoughts on a property or a single show. Um, Sunday is like it's more like this. It's more metatextual. It's about industry news, it's about fandom, it's about stuff I'm thinking about around anime, and on that note, I have been Alex, this has been Lunchbox Radio's Sunday edition, and I will talk to you on Thursday. day. <laughs>